Welcome to VG Empire episode 12. This is uh, Brett Elston hosting along with Michael Grimm talking. Yes, and that came in. We came in with uh, that is release of the Far West Ocean from Ease 6. So uh, Ease is the theme of this entire episode, which um, became kind of a favorite series of mine based solely off the music. Um, That's pretty great. And we'll get uh, into that in just a second. But yeah, that song that brought us in is from E6, um, Ark of Nepishtim, which uh, you can guess why it didn't do very well. <laughs> um, Ease is definitely this weird... It's in a weird place. But uh, that, that song that comes in, that's the intro. <clears throat> There's an intro movie to E6, uh, which was PS2, and you had to input a code in this weird password screen that's like, hit the yellow gem, then the red gem, then the blue gem twice, and then the red gem again, and it will unlock this intro. And then the intro has that song in it. And I, at this point, this was 2005, so I'm already an Ease fan, and I know the music, it's very... Ease is known for being very prog rocky, fast guitars, but then also a lot of synth stuff going on. So when I heard that, like it just fused my bones to the floor. <laughs> and like it's this anime intro with all this crazy stuff going on. And like that, it's like you'd play Ace Combat, uh, Salt Horizon, yeah. with the whole dogfight song that that started episode nine, VG mm-hmm. Empire. And it's like, to me, like every Ease game is dogfight again. <laughs> like they all have this song in it that's just like, go, go, go. And it's, that 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 to me is just like the epitome of ease music. That song right there. Yeah, yeah and, it's uh, definitely sounded nice and over the top. But like it reminded me of kind of Rondo of Blood a little bit. That and it's like also echoes of stuff from like Advance Wars, Days of Ruin, and mm-hmm. like just that whole like very sincere and earnest <laughs> guitar shredding. It's yes. like I'm not here to impress you, man. I just just want to express myself with this guitar. It's an adventure. I was forced to take classical guitar lessons growing <laughs> up, and now I will shred. <laughs> so the bit. With these, uh, I wanted to start with that because that's like the most appropriate intro I could ever imagine. I absolutely adore that song. It's just so you got to get in the right mindset, and once you're there, it, once you let ease just enter you and just have its way with you, you'll have such a much better time than trying to fight it. Don't resist. Don't resist. <laughs> um, so the bit with the ease company behind it, Neon Falcom, which uh, they have a hard time getting like a foothold in the West. Yeah. Um, and if they're known for anything, it is Ease. But even Ease is like tier seven yeah. of games in the U.S. But It's uh, one of those games I would categorize as extremely Japanese. Extremely Japanese, yeah. And even I like didn't I didn't play it because it, it mostly was uh, the, the way I knew how to play it was Ease Book 1 and 2, which combined uh, pieces of Ease and its sequel and kind of remixed it a little bit from Ancient Ease Vanished into Ease Book 1 and 2, which was for Turbo Duo, which is itself a very niche system. Mm-hmm. Um, a niche game on a niche system is like you're really splitting it pretty thin. Reading the list of systems that the early games came out on yeah. is just like if you did not live in Japan, the only one of these you're going to recognize is like Famicom, Super Famicom. Yeah, and even that you Turbo probably Graphics 16. Yeah, TG 16, <laughs> which led to the Duo, and like yeah. the music is all Red Book Audio though. So I have uh, even before I had the system, I got the game, mm. put that in a CD player, and uh, yeah, listened to it. And my first exposure to it was. Um, a friend who did have a turbo graphics or did have a turbo duo mm. and uh this is like after junior high so like you where what we did was grade one through six with the same people every year in mm. one room and then finally the small town so then you have seventh grade you finally go to a new school made some new friends one of them had a turbo duo must be one of the only people in the entire <laughs> county that had that yeah. thing um didn't know anything about the system or the games on it, but then I heard the music like one time he was playing it, and I was like, the graphics look like an NES game. They're not much beyond an NES game. Mm-hmm. But then this music is playing over it, and I'm like, this is incredible. 
And so we just ripped this, the soundtrack to a cassette, like you're wont to do in 93. <laughs> and I listened to the music from Ease for like two, three years before ever even playing the game. Mm. And so that's why this uh, we're going to start with Ease Book 1 and 2 music. And it just means so much to me on a personal level. Like I listened to, like with no reference for what it was even in the game. Just this it is track three, this is track own. four. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the big thing with Neon Falcom is, uh, as far as game music goes, really owe a lot to this specific company. It's like essentially the first group of composers who really considered game music a legitimate art form. As far as I can tell in, in research, like they're the, among the first that like bothered to put out CD albums and were like, no, this music is good. Like, mm. I understand it's not for everybody, but if you like instrumental stuff, if you like kind of just fun listening, upbeat stuff, like you will probably want to hear this on its yeah. own. And if you bought the game, you're definitely going to want to get the CD. And they treated it as such. It's like if you kind of got to listen to Extra Pan or Joe Satriani or something. Yes, it's exactly. Like you will enjoy this. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. That is exactly true. Um, and they also had a dedicated sound team for its music. Like there was a group and it was called Falcom Sound Team and it's sometimes uh, called JDK or Team JDK or JDK Band, mm. um, which includes Yuzo Koshiro, among other people who who joined, uh, made tur- a lot of Turbo Duo music for games like Dragon Slayer, which gets its own episode later. Don't you worry. <laughs> you one Dragon Slayer fan. <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> yes, it's gonna happen. Um, which I think is also part of the Xanadu series, which was became Fizanadu on the NES as well. Hmm. So I'm digging way deep, yes. and it's getting really stupid. <laughs> um, but the thing, cool thing about Falcom Sound Team is they usually wouldn't even specify which members made the music. They were just more concerned that the music was good, hmm. and it wasn't about elevating one person. Um, but a lot of interesting and good um, Japanese game composers came out of that, and this whole Ease soundtrack like really was influential for a lot of people. Um, I know I can't pronounce his name, but Chris Hesselback or something like mm. he's he's mentioned as uh, one of the many composers who specifically named Ease. But like I know if I had any shred of talent in my bones mm-hmm. for music, I would be like, if I heard this as a 10, 11, 12 year old, it would be like absolutely. It's it's video game music. It's not shying away from the fact that it's game music, right? But it's like it's approaching, especially at the time period when everything was chiptuny or Sega Genesis kind of arcadey mame style midi yeah um not quite midi but this comes around and it just blew me away that you could get this performance out of a game machine it just didn't even seem possible it's really weird is that after sort of the initial like uh, i don't know novelty of like synths and stuff yeah because there was that band like yellow magic orchestra which is like a japanese band Uh and they played music that sounded a lot like early video game it was super synthy and kind of bloopy and bleepy and like you know lots of machine drums and stuff but they were, you know, considered a big band and everything, but what mm. they were doing is like it's so almost identical to all this game music. It sounds stuff. like outrun music or something. Uh, yeah, and I mean, but at the time they were fairly successful and they were treated as musicians, as opposed to game music, where it's like, oh, video game music, yeah. <laughs> not in the U.S., buddy. <laughs> um, so for Ease One and Two, which uh, I believe is Yuzo Koshiro, this is like the third or fourth time he's shown up on the show. But I mean, that's and I still haven't got to Streets of Rage or Actraiser, which is the most amazing. Gee whiz, gee whiz, that's um, a lot of work to be done. And I would like to think uh, I looked on Game Facts for Empty Eye. His fac actually gave me the track list because I only knew I've played. I've since played Ease. I've actually bothered to play the game, hmm. but I still have the music in my head as just tracks so i'm like i don't remember where that was in the game right so thanks mti's fact actually named out what the tracks were and since then um well let's just go into the first three songs uh adol christian chris christian not christian christian uh is the hero of these games red hair floating city of ease up above um had all these cinema scenes and this amazing soundtrack 
And yeah, it just it was a really interesting game to see, and even in the early '90s, before PlayStation One and '64 even got there, so we're still in that mid 16-bit era. And even against the Super NES and Genesis, it was still like, well, this is actually really cool. Mm. Um, so we'll go into the first uh, bit of music from it, um, the Field Mountain area, which is just great overworld music. It gets me super pumped every time I hear it, and it's just typical. And typical is a good word in this case, ease right. music, followed by the Shrine entrance. Which as an example of kind of the range this this soundtrack would go through because it slows down completely, or so it slows down considerably, and then it's now a mysterious, more paced song to get that point across of like you're exploring a cave and it's wonder what's going on in here. And whereas the overworld song is just go 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 slash monsters and fight, <laughs> and then after that is the shrine depths, which kind of goes back up tempo a little bit, but it retains a bit of the uh, intrigue from the shrine entrance. So it's getting this nice in between. So we'll do. Those three songs, Field Mountain Area, Shrine Entrance, Shrine Depths, and then we'll be back.
listen to them strings. So beautiful. And uh, yeah, that's the shrine depths. But yeah, I, that kind of stuff, like the layers of that are much more than what you could get out of an NES. Yeah. And the Genesis could definitely get some of that depth going on, but I just uh, really feel like before the Super NES could really establish itself with soundtracks, like, uh, I mean, Actraiser was obviously pretty early on. Mm. It was like near launch, basically. But uh, at a time when I was still kind of formulating where I stood on game soundtracks, Ease kind of just stepped in and had stuff like this that really, like, okay, this will this will never not be in my top tier yeah. of game music. But it's, you're saying, like, yeah, it sounds like NES plus one or something. Yeah, it's like it sort of has, like, that kind of chunkiness of, like, the original NES sound, but it kind of has a little yeah. touch of that, like, warmth and smoothness that came along with the SNES. Mm. It's a nice little combination. It's uh, an unusual sound. It's it's from, I think that's kind of a sort of a console gap almost, like that jump between, like, yeah. 8 to 16-bit where not a lot of people were playing anything other than NES or Yeah, Genesis. exactly. And there's... It's reminiscent to me of like the early PlayStation era too, because yeah. that had that. We're still making game music like stuff in Toshinden and Jumping Flash. Very true. We're still making game music. We just have better technology. Wild Arms almost. Like Wild Arms for CD quality audio. So. Yeah, Wild Arms actually is an interesting case as well. Man, mm. that intro, that, that cinema intro for Wild yes. Arms, is so good. Oh, someone did this thing. Oh, sorry, quick aside on that Wild Arms. Go point. for it. <laughs> someone did this little thing where they took. I think it's the entrance song to. Uh, uh, it's. That Clint Eastwood movie, uh, Fistful of Dollars, I believe it's the intro to that. Oh, and I they could play see it that. alongside Wild Arms, and it is almost <laughs> identical. Wow, <laughs> it's pretty good. Like shot the shots of it, like or no, the, the sound, music? the music. Oh, yeah, wow, that, that song, like the whistling. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's super like wow. syncs up in parts. I don't know if it's a homage, but it's pretty rad. Right. Well, I could see the Japanese composers yeah. being definitely uh, not hiding their influences. Mm-hmm. So we'll go into three more songs from, this is still Ease Book 1 and 2, um, Darm Tower, which is the next one. Getting some nods around the room like, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, Darm Tower, I think, I know, again, I lack the vocabulary, but I just, at this point, it's only like track five or six in this, on the CD itself, and I just, I'd already heard like the previous three songs, and then the next one, this Darm Tower, it's it's not like any of the others, but it's just so funky and cool. Like it, It's just a very catchy song, and it's a unique area of the game. It's like the first place that kind of doesn't look like other things you've been to. Mm-hmm. And after Darm Tower is Ruins, another uh, guitar shredding, fast drums like Casio. I'm just going to set the drum over here and I'm going to play a guitar over it. And then uh, after that is Solomon Shrine, which uh, is kind of a personal favorite of mine. It This is getting a bit personal, but if you don't, if you don't mind if I step into this Please. for just a moment. I get a very wanderlusty sensation from this song. Like, Standing out in the cliff and thinking about the things you've seen and done and how they've gone. And as a 14 year old, it made me think of being a 10. And then as a 30 year old, it makes me think of being 14. Just, uh, it has this quality of like things passed. Time has progressed. Time is moving. I've grown. And I can't help it. So we'll do those three songs and we'll return.
Yes, man, that song gets me going every time. Just makes me think. But like you said, in the, when we're listening to it, it, they all kind of have this Castlevania and at times I think Ninja Gaiden uh, feeling as well. So. It's just very like da, 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 da. it's yeah. like kind of a galloping thing, and yeah. it makes you go yeah, and you get kind of like amped to like beat the level. <laughs> yeah, and in a game that's uh, Ease, um, has everybody talked about the kind of game that Ease is? It's Ease One and Two is an overhead game that it's basically like imagine and it's an action RPG, except in Ease you don't swing a sword. You literally bump into the enemies, and it's implied you're attacking them. But like you run at everything. Um, when they remade Ease One and Two for PSP, which is you know if you can stomach Ease, it's very much something you have to be ready for. Uh, mm. The Ease One and Two remake for PSP is pretty good, mm. and uh, which is, only came out like last year, I think. And PSP uh, games are three cents now, so. I mean. Yeah, no Ease has been. Uh, I'll get to that later, but Ease PSP. If you want, if you want to get your Ease fix, PSP is actually your system of choice. Mm. Strangely. But yeah, when they were advertising the uh, remake for Ease One and Two, they would say "bump them, bump them dead," and that was like the <laughs> themes. That was like the the bit they used in one of the videos, and we did a trailer trash theater for it on at Radar. Um, and I was like, "Don't put this in trailer trash. This is good stuff. Like, you're not gonna besmirch the Ease name on my watch. I'll be, I'm the only one in this industry who's gonna care." But moving on into uh, even more Ease, uh, which I believe I've named this episode, if my pun holds, Easy Listening. Or perhaps Easy does it. Easy Rider? Easy Rider. Okay. Uh, I, I don't dislike those. Hmm. Something about, yeah. Ease Nuts? Ease Nuts. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, again, that's taking this series into a place I don't want it to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I won't um, smirch the name of Easy. Yeah. Uh, the next tracks are the Ease Core, and that's uh, you're flying up to the floating city of Ease, and it takes place during a cutscene. And yeah, this. Uh, th- Imagining this. With like this guy all clad in red with red hair, like just shooting up a beam of light basically and flying into a city and like yes. yeah, it's just this mind blowing. Well, not anymore mind blowing, but like at the time it really got that sense of like that's the end of book one and then book two begins with this like you're ascending to this city of ease, um, which I looked up that ease is apparently an actual legend hmm. of a like a coastal city that's swallowed by the ocean or something. And huh. I, I don't really remember. The details of that but yeah there's some pre-existing like ys and i guess i should also point out that yes the pronunciation of the game is ease, ease I, yes. every time when i would like when e6 was coming out and and e7 even um i just had quite a time asking retailers yeah you got e6 eve six yeah like how many times eve six the band came up <laughs> instead of ease six i'm like you know i want to put my tender heart in a blender God, it's like yes the game please can i have the e6 gba game this while we're on this topic real quick let me let me relate my one the one ease game i had any real experience with is ease the three we'll get to that in okay second. okay don't you worry all right all right we're, we're working through one and two working here it. okay i'm sorry i won't um so yeah ease one and two uh ease core after that was battle with dark fact who's no. the villain <laughs> Which got to be a translation. Thing. You're an orphan. That's the dark fact. <laughs> dark fact, uh, which is like, well, literally translated, it means dark fact. Last <laughs> grit. Um, that's the end of book one. Uh, book one. Uh, he's a villain priest who's after magic books, so he's a nerd. And then after that is a uh, battle with Darm, who's I believe the final boss of the game mm. and uh, of book two. And it's a great song. And then also couple that with the fact that you're. Again, you have to run into things to hurt them, and it's a screen where like everything can hurt you practically, and yeah. you're just like, ah, and this music is playing, and you have like an overhead battle 
where like there's nowhere to run basically. So imagine a Zelda game only it's full of bats and traps and like can I step anywhere in this? No, everywhere will hurt you. And Ganon's teleporting around the map. Only imagine if Ganon were twice the size of it. And <laughs> meanwhile, everything hurts you. And it's like yay. <laughs> so uh, we'll do those those three songs. Uh, Ease Core, Battle with Dark Fact, Battle with Darm of Darm Tower Fame from earlier. And uh, we'll be back.
that brings you to the end of E's book one and two, um, which I saw you bobbing your head. The shredding, fake shredding guitars of Battle with Dawn. It's it's great. It's great last boss music. You know, it just has that. Oh, that this too. Is it. Yeah. This, this is, is it. it. This is the final battle. One interesting thing uh, about any game with Red Book audio. This is Sega CD territory. This is Turbo Duo territory, which I think is a not played territory. Like, yeah. Outside of Japan where the systems had some sort of traction, like yeah. Sega CD and Turbo <laughs> Revix and Turbo Duo, those are not systems here that Pretty existed. much, yeah. Because like, even I, like, as a huge, huge video game nerd, like, and even hopelessly so as a kid, it's like, uh, that's all I wanted to do. It was like, it's either Ninja Turtles, Godzilla, or video games. And <laughs> God help me if they make a Godzilla or Ninja Turtles. Oh, they did. Okay, well, that's all I'm doing is playing the Ninja Turtles and Godzilla game. Um, but even when I saw Turbo Graphics, I remember seeing one like at a Walmart or something and just thinking, ew. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what it was, but it's like, well, it's not a Nintendo, and I've heard something about a Sega system, and that's not it either. What's this weirdo third system? And it's like, no, actually, like most systems, it has its value. But the weird thing about Turbo Duo, that sucker is never cheap. Yeah. Uh, Carolyn actually got me one for Christmas. A few years ago, and uh, yeah, even now, if you want to get a Turbo Duo, it's going to cost you hundreds of dollars. Yeah, because there were very few of them to begin with, yeah. really, because nobody bought it. Nobody bought it, and it was not that popular. And did any? It's like baseball cards. Like the reason they're valuable, the old ones, is because no one took care of them. No one or comic books. No one assumed they were ever going to be worth anything. Right. So Turbo Duo, well, this sucks. Trash. Yeah. Yard sale, and they're just floating out there. So yeah. like, if you find one that works properly it's like that's valuable my friend's dad got in a work accident and hurt his back really horribly and i he, hope this is about turbo duo uh it is about <laughs> similar okay but basically he wanted to get into video games so he purchased a philips cdi Ooh. is the system that he decided to purchase uh. and i remember he was super stoked for about a week and then it was God. like oh and garbage. I, I must have been the infomercials running for that thing. Like <laughs> that's a, that's a weird time period. Most if you weren't alive then, like that's probably lost to time. The infomercials running for the CDI, like like two hour blocks. I'd swear, like every wow. Saturday for a year, <laughs> I would see this just like Philips CDI. They bought two hour block of like normally when it's like OxyClean, clean, <laughs> like that that crap that runs Saturday afternoon or Saturday four a.m. Like it was about the CDI, but ended with Freddy Freaker drops. <sighs> And they kept talking about the tennis game that came with it, and you're like playing it with a remote. Yes. Like not like a Wii remote thing, only imagine, no, it really is remote control with yep. remote control buttons on it. And the controllers you have to buy are horrible. And Yeah, and the whole system is just... And then you get the Zelda games for it, which is just... <laughs> which is classic the saddest, in its own way. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, that brings to the end of Ease 1 and 2. Um, that's where you guess you come in because Ease 3 Wanderers from Ease did yes. come out on Super NES which as far as I can tell well it was the first system that it came across that I would have even like a popular system in the right. US mm -hmm. but it came out at a time when Final Fantasy 2 was out alongside it and Link to the Past was not far off yes. so it was very hard with those in mind and at the time yet I hadn't found Ease 1 and 2 because that, that, that hadn't happened yet I didn't get into it until like 93 around seventh grade so like that's when i found these one and two and then went back and it's like oh right these three was on super nintendo so i never really ever played it but apparently you had some measure of it <laughs> and now this the measure that i mean, i did play this a bit but it's not like i actively went out of my way to find it mm. basically it just sort of fell into my lap because where i grew up was 
a sort of out of the way mountain town in Northern California, and there was a grocery store we had. And the grocery store also doubled as our post office and your local <laughs> rental area. I there's a town. Yeah, I know the feeling. It's called Wharton's, by the Wharton's. way. Ours Wharton's. is called Horns. Horns. There you yeah. go. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, they had games for rent there, and mm-hmm. someone was in charge of purchasing games <laughs> for them, yes. and then renting them out. And usually, it was like you know, Mega Man, Egg Zombie, Eggman. I mean, the guy did a pretty good job. I'm yeah. assuming. It was but there's the always some weirdo thing in there. And then this game shows up <laughs> there. He wanders from Ease Three, and I'm like, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> but you know, I've played everything else in the shelf, so I'll rent this. And I played it, and it was like. This is insanely difficult. It was a side-scrolling yeah. action RPG. Yeah, and it's uh, unlike one and two. It's side-scrolling. It's the only side-scrolling one, as right? far as I'm aware. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, I played it, and I think I rented it twice. Now I, I never really made it past like the second dungeon. And yeah. I played it nonstop. Like, yeah. For a full week when I rented it, and it was brutally difficult. And then eventually the game, they were just like, no one else was renting this, and they sold it to me for like ten bucks. Of course. Yeah. So I bought it for ten bucks, and it's you know it had a big permanent marker writing on it, Wharton's. <laughs> And I still have it. And oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. never really played it again. But I mean, I, I remember watching videos of it, seeing people that have made it to later points in the game. But It's a game that I really wanted to go back and fill in. Um, but at this point, there's really no reason to play that because uh, PSP, again, has a remake called Oath and Felgana. Again, uh, really wish they would name these things something that people <laughs> might give it a second look. And uh, not put it on PSP. But yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a remake of Ease 3, and it kind of... Uh, I believe it incorporates some of the advances, some of the advances made from E7, um, which is actually a great game. But we'll mm. get into E7 later. But yeah, if you happen to have a Super NES laying around and E3, maybe you have some more specific memories to share in the comments on VGEmpire.com, which I'm f- happy to hear. <laughs> but yeah, I think I played it just a few times, and I hadn't the E's fanboy in me hadn't arisen yet. Because I found that first. And I'm like, where was okay. E's 1 and 2? And then a couple years later, find out what E's 1 and 2 were. And then I think, oh, E's 3 must have had this great music. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really find anything that I liked in E's 3 that was on par with E's 1 and right, 2. Yeah. But since then, I've figured out, okay, here's what happened with that. There is good stuff in E's 3, but I didn't pull any of it for this episode because I got to... You know, I can't do the whole series. It, there's so much music. Even E's 1 and 2. Like, I left out some... Even just now, when I was going through, like, uh, here's this one. You're like, oh, this sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I, yeah, I got to just pick some songs and get it out. Like, Ease, Ease 1 and 2 are, like, if you like these at all, just find the soundtrack. Like, it's just, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. And uh, so Ease 3 was a weirdo thing that happened. And then 4 and 5 never came over. And if they did, it's some weird PC thing or whatever. So many years later, literally 2005... Oh, wait, no, I was going to say something before, before we got off the sidetrack of Sega CD. Oh. Um, what I wanted to play before we went into the next thing is all those Sega CD and um, uh, Turbo Duo games. Mm-hmm. The first track on those CDs when you put them in yeah. was usually, and this is really weird, a voice telling you not to put it in the CD player. Really? And uh, I have a collection of these <laughs> things. I must be the only person on the planet. But uh, here's the warning you get if you put E's in a CD player. This disc is for use with the TurboGrafx-16 CD-ROM system only. This disc contains computer data and is not for audio use. Please press stop on your disc player. Is she not coming back? Is she not coming back? There's still 30 seconds left on this track. Is she shaming me? Is for use with the TurboGrafx... <laughs> I got it, lady. All right. So, yeah. But, yeah, they all have... It's really weird. 
Um, that makes... And they're all different. That was weird, too, because I remember having, like, PC discs or a couple game discs where you could put them in a CD player and play a couple tracks yeah. off of it. Like, it would have audio tracks on yeah. it that were playable. What's really weird is when you get into the PlayStation 1 era, which it's still like, wait a minute, Redbook Audio means they get the soundtrack for free. I don't want to sell them a soundtrack anyway, because that would make any sense. So I'm gonna lock yep. this. I'm gonna lock the tracks. So you're gonna have to steal the music, which in '95 meant like you couldn't. How am I? Which so the way we did it back then was, I would hook up the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. My friend and I would hook up like to a stereo, route the music to a cassette player, and play the game, and like find a spot to hide so the music could play unobstructed, huh. and like dodge bullets or dodge enemies or like find an area at the level that was completely quiet and record entire soundtracks that way. Huh. Like that's how much I cared and would gladly have paid money for a lot of that stuff, but then yeah, the weird thing with PlayStation was they started putting like like Doom for example for PS1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has like four tracks. Yeah. And it's like where are the rest? Like why are only it's really weird. Um but so yeah, moving on from East 3 4 5 many years later. So this is like <laughs> 2005, so it's been a long time since Ease has had any play whatsoever. Right. And Which I remember hearing... sort of marginal. Yeah, and it, it, even then, it was like it barely made an impact. It, it's a weird situation because I had two friends who had duos at the time. Wow. Yeah, they because they were <laughs> friends, and so the one got one, the other one got one, and then that was the end of the Cascade duo, Effect. Duo bros. Duo bros. <laughs> they were a duo. Uh-oh. <laughs> But even then, I knew, like, they knew about it, I knew about it, and some other friends who knew the music was really good. So even though Ease was this super niche thing, like, I have this weird pocket of friends that all know Ease, which then I come out here and everyone's like, what? Uh Oh, right, that makes sense. No one would even know or care. Um, So many years later, 2005, they say, oh, Ease 6 is finally coming over to the U.S., and Konami's bringing it over. Hmm. What? So, yeah, Konami brought over Ease 6, and I thought Ease 6 was actually really good, and it was the first one I got to play new, like, and... It's the first time I got to appreciate some one of them happening. It was a top head, you know, over overhead yeah. camera again, um, and it's kind of a basic action slasher game. But I thought it was a lot of fun, and as usual, the soundtrack was just phenomenal. Um, which, as you heard, was the intro for the whole episode that released to the Far West Ocean. So yeah, right. uh, composer Hayato Sanada and Wataru Ishibashi, great stuff. And again, Falcom Sound Team and Falcom Sound Team had been doing the music the whole time. For not just this, but like Dragon Slayer and the Xanadu stuff, like they just really knock it out of the park every time they did it. So yeah, again, E6 is tough. It's it's always a tough sell because it's just you know, it's kind of a basic game. And E6 even the com it, like the action can get really repetitive, but like there's just a zen like state you get yeah. in that you just want to keep doing that. This is before JRPGs sort of became cinematic excuses to play a game, and it was more just kind of grinding. It was after that, so that's why Ease is... That's why I like Ease... It maintains. Yes, in a latter-day sense, that, like, it's the... It has never had any pretense about trying to tell you this, like, four discs of cutscenes and voice dialogue. It's like, no, it's just a game, man. Just run through, smash stuff. Right. Get to a cool boss, another cool boss, fight a big monster. It's it's the one thing I always give to like the Japanese game devs is that they more than anyone are willing to cling to the fact that the gameplay is the only thing that you that, really yeah. need to you need to sell to people. Yeah. It's and like that doesn't apply everywhere, but I appreciate that they still cling to that. Yeah, idea it's like even if the gameplay is busted, at least you thought that was the most important part, which is a nice place to start from for yes, development. Absolutely. Um so for E6 we'll go into these Quatera Woods. It's the first song you really hear over and over because it's the first like area running around game levels and stuff um and that so that song i just i just love the sound of that ultramarine deep um 
another cave kind of thing that like something games are very good at is like when there's a water area the games are very good about conveying that the music sounds to be watery or yeah even. it's just got this yes it's like when <laughs> when did everyone decide that this is what water music sounds like um so we'll do quatera woods ultramarine deep and then after that is wind slash steps which is the first area that i really remember grinding a lot in and mm. it's that very like I'd probably listen to that song for hours at a time grinding, like just gaining levels because that's how E6 was. Like you get to a boss, he stomps you. Yeah. Uh, well, going to go grind for an hour. Yep. I'll gain two levels and I'll try him again and then you just barely die the second time. Like, okay, so if I gain two more levels, yes. I'll, I'll get him and then you get him and it's like, okay, done. It's this very punishing thing but you know you're going to and it, but at least this music is there to take the edge off of it. Yes. So we'll do those three, Quatera Woods, Ultramarine Deep, Wind Slash Steps, do that.
sounds like I need some Cruising USA voiceover. <laughs> oh yeah! It's it's got the happy keyboardist, happy guitarist, and just we're just gonna jam. I don't even care. <laughs> yep. We putting this in the game. I, oh okay. Yeah, but like yeah, the Ultramarine Deep song. The second it starts, that is water music. But yeah, you can see how even with 10, 15 years of technology under their belt, that Falcom Sound Team is like. No, I know what you want. You want game music. Right. Like, you, no pretense. It's just like... Boop, 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 boop. Just go, 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 go. Chugga, chugga. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, chugga, chugga. <laughs> you were saying something about Ease 3. Oh, you just... Ago. When you were mentioning the whole grinding bit, I was just like... I remember the first time I put Ease 3 in, and I was like, okay, I'm out of the city. I'm in the first, like, attack area, and, you know, there's enemies. And there was, like, a silkworm. It's like a little centipede <laughs> thing. And yeah. I remember to kill that, which is like, I think the second enemy you see in the game, I had to <laughs> slash it like 14 times, and yeah. if it hit me, it took half my health. And I was like, Ugh. oh. So it's the Dark Souls before Dark Souls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, East 3 actually gave you a sword to swing, so that was yeah, nice. That's true, yeah, I didn't have to bump. Yeah, no bumping. And 6 did have actual swinging as well, and you could switch your sword between uh, three different kinds, mm. like electric, fire, and I'm going to guess water off the top of my head. <laughs> Um, I never made it that far. Yeah, not many did. Uh, so the next three songs uh, in this E6 block. Um, and if you want to play E6, I still the PS2 version is the only way to play it. There's a PSP version that is just terrible. Mm. Uh, it's the same game. Uh-huh. And like that part of it's fine, but the, it's one of those PSP games that just... And the loading is crippling the entire game. Ah. Like you open a door in a town, load load in the room and it's like this room is like 16 by 16 tiles like what did you need to access and the loading is so bad it's the kind of you'll hit it's an RPG you might assume I'm going to be in some menus going through item lists perhaps I push whatever button it was let's say start or triangle whatever to bring up menu triangle load menu scroll down the menu I want to use this herb loading use on Christian use on Adel Yes. To have a portable version of this. In a game chock filled with grinding, to have to deal with yeah, excessive that loading times loading. is that's not allowed. So yeah, uh, I'm doing the Japanese cross your arms to make the X symbol. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the PS2 version's the way to go. So um, if you like those songs and the next three songs, I'll suggest you check it out. The next three songs are Ruins of Amnesia, which has again, appropriately so, the music fits the area that it's in, which it's kind of it's an obvious thing, but it's something I think is passed over a lot in game music is that they didn't just write a song and said, yeah, put that in the cave area. It's like, write a song that sounds like you're in a cave. It's like, okay. And how <laughs> they interpret it as an artist. Like, yes. it's not just, here's 16 tracks, put them where you want them. Like, there's, there's a, a reason. There's a proud tradition. Yes, it has to. This is the minecart level. I need some minecart. Oh, moment. okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Go dust off the minecart synth. Yeah. Yeah, Ruins of Amnesia has that spelunking mission deep in the dark kind of sound to it. Um, Overwater Drive, um, which, again, has that kind of watery, th- a bit of that to it, but it also sounds like menu music from any given Ace Combat game to me. Uh, the oh, the intro to that song, it just sounds like Ace Combat, like, let's say, <laughs> six or f- mm-hmm. even Assault Horizon. It's just this menu music Ace Combat. It's like it's like a genre in itself. True. And then after that is Defend and Escape, which uh, is like, Dancy with strings, this classic ease epicness that's just like, again, like you've probably come to expect it. So we'll do those three and return.
Bridges strings, everybody. Uh, yeah, that's strings and guitars, man. Like violins, viola. Uh, get some guitars in there. I don't hear viola, but whatever. <laughs> Bassoon. Bassoon, little oboe. I know, yeah, it's funny with those cave and like water sounds, because it's like I swear that they always use that same kind of like almost echoey sound. Yeah, but it's like just to kind of make it sound like it's you know reverberating in the yeah because you're in a cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bouncing yeah. off the surface of the water. Mm-hmm. That is one of my favorite. I'll say visual effects in real life, but whenever you're in some kind of pool of water and then you can see it reflecting on a surface above you, that mm. shimmering thing on a wall or yeah. on a ceiling, I just I just like stop anywhere I'm at and just appreciate that. <laughs> really enjoy it. Um, that moves us into E7, which came uh, in 2010. So again, a big gap. Yeah. Um, in between which there was an Ease 1 and 2 for DS that was bad and... Ease just kind of was meandering again for a long time. It was wandering. It was. I get it. That's a good. That's good. I <laughs> wish I would have thought of that. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, so, but then the good people over at Xseed decided, hey, we'll rescue this, yeah. and have just decided, like in pure defiance, to they brought over not only Ease Seven, mm-hmm. but then the port, the remake of Ease One and Two, and the remake of Ease Three, which now makes Ease One, Two, Three. Uh, six and then well six by way of Konami and then seven so it's like just put out four and five and you've got everything and but you know who knows the fate of that is but I wonder uh, if their logic is like well four and five were never domestically released so there's no fan base for them and I'm gonna raise my finger and go ah yeah (laughs) it's actually the ones I'd be the most interested in playing right anybody that cares clearly wants to play the two yeah but I agree that audience is so small but but I will say e7 uh, soundtrack um, by uh, Hiato Sonata again, as well as uh, Takihiro, Takihiro Unisuga. That one tripped me up for a second. Saki Bomiyama and Masanori Osaki. Uh, E7, I thought, was actually a really great game. Like, yeah. it, it, to me, brought, like, improved just the right pieces. Like, it, it made improvements where it needed to be so that the action was a bit faster. You could dash and counter and hmm. switch characters on the fly. You had three people in your team. Like, the counter is like hitting both L and R at the same time. So like when a boss is hitting you with this huge attack, you can like you have to like hit and each hit like a, a boss attack may have multiple hits. So you have to like hit it every time. Period. So like, ching, 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 ching. <laughs> and but you get that feeling of like because you're pushing those buttons down. Uh-huh. There's a physical yeah. like it, the 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 sound, the image, and the tactile sensation of having to actually have the dexterity to do it. You like really get that sense of I am parrying an attack, uh-huh. and uh, it's really cool. But yeah, E7 as usual, great music. Um, and came with an even like a soundtrack CD or like a sample, but yeah, lots of combat options once that game opens up. Like when it starts, you're just Adel Christian again, and it's actually a direct sequel to Six, so it helps if you've played Six. But if you haven't, it's not like you're losing. You know, you're not losing anything. Mm. We'll do these songs: uh, Innocent Primeval Breaker, nice. Which, as with Ease, you know, Six Seven must start with a face shredding anthem, and uh, Innocent Primeval Breaker. <laughs> is E7's that. Uh, it's everything you would expect it to be. And after that is Mother Earth Altago, which is the overworld running around, leveling up music, which I love. And after that is Extensive Forest Green, which takes the tempo down a bit from the overworld, but it still has a sense of urgency, but more about getting ahead and completing this mission than just fighting. Like The other thing suggests fight, 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 whereas this thing suggests you need to solve this. Get, 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 go, go, go. Like There's a different tone there. And uh, we'll do those three and return.
forest, you got to have the flute in there. Yeah, like it's water with this echoey thing. And it's like forest flute, I guess. Pan. pan. Magical pan yeah. wandering <laughs> through the woods. That's what the West thinks, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have much else to say about E7 other than I think if you're going to have an entry point into the series, I really do suggest E7. Even though it is the most recent, like, the games have a canon for sure. And it's a weird case of, unlike Final Fantasy or other RPG series, like, it's the same character. Mm. It's not like Reborn Link or Reincarnated Link and Zelda. It's like, no, it's Adel Kristen. Mm. He just gets in this crazy adventure all the time. Um, and this is right after six as well. So, but again, yeah, you don't really need to know much about it. Like the gameplay is just the most evolved form of it, and I would suggest it over any of the others. Mm. Um, I think Othenvilgana integrates some of that, but yeah, I don't, I don't know that firsthand. So I haven't played that yet. I did buy it because I planned to play it, but uh, at a pure solidarity, and also that the XE treats those packages very well. Like they True. come, they come with a soundtrack. It's a nice booklet. It's just nice to see these very niche things actually happen. Yeah, absolutely. and uh, that makes me happy. So we'll do these uh, last three songs from E7. Place of Reticent Lava, which, <laughs> which uh, that song is, um, I remember flying into PAX 2010 and I was on the plane playing it. And this that was the music playing as we are nearing the end of the flight to, to land in Seattle for PAX Prime. And I just had kind of had that song stuck in my head the whole weekend. And mm-hmm. it was a really good PAX as PAX Prime is wont to be, or and East, now that I've been to PAX East, they're both equally excellent it has echoes of ruins from six and the shrine from ease one it just has that like exploring kind of vibe to it Mm. um after that is lost harmony among people it's used for slower plot points and it's usually like to convey emotion and try to get this like oh something serious and sad is happening but even in a game with a story as silly as ease is going to be Mm. i feel like it works very well like it really just gets this i don't know it conveys this the the importance or impact or the scale of something that's happening it's it's a slower song for sure but i mean it's, it's intentionally so and then after that is a uh, crossing rage which brings us back to face rocking ease <laughs> um mind shreddery and we'll do those in return
yeah, that's uh, that's the most fitting way to end the ease segment at all. Is uh, <laughs> the hardest shredder of all. <laughs> um, but I wanted to end the episode uh, again with just shout outs to Xseed for bringing all these ease games yeah. over, and that's awesome. And uh, it is appreciated. It's much appreciated, especially by me. So they may get like riffed on by people that don't play them at all, or whatever. And, and, it's, and like, I, it's the kind of game like I'm not going to try to convert a bunch of people because it's like, yeah, it's it's a very acquired taste. But if you can sample it and find that you like it, there's like a rich, just so much to get into with it. Like I don't even get into the canon that much. It's just the gameplay is very satisfying. When you beat it, you have that sense of like when you beat a game when you were 12 mm. and when it was really actually hard, yeah. but not in a hard way that's like, come on, this is cheating or just cheap. It's like, no, it's hard because you need to grind. Yep. You need to have the skill to beat these enemies without taking hits. It's what like, you're doing in an MMO right now, but a yeah, bit before that. Do it alone and by yourself <laughs> and then talk to two other people who did it with you. Um, <laughs> on, but I want message boards. Yeah, the message boards <laughs> what it is. Next, uh, so to end the show... Is track 18, which is Darm Tower Floor 25, specifically nice. from Ease 1. Uh, or maybe it's it's book 1 and 2. But uh, this is the song that actually just totally floored me um, when I first heard it. Like, hearing this music come from a video game. It's all strings, just violin, like this, like everything has led to this moment kind of song. And it absolutely blew me away that, like, I can't, I can't believe this is in a game. And it's the kind of music that when I was listening to it, like my mom or sister, somebody would be like, what are you listening to? And like, it's just game music. Like, that's from a game? People who have no interest, like, don't care at all. Right. And are like, that's a video game? Like, it just didn't, in like, you know, in the early 90s, it just was unheard of, in my circles at least, mm. to have something like that in there. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to, we'll do that as the closer, which it, this is one of the songs that just stuck with me forever. And it was kind of like my barometer of like, have you heard the East music? Like, that's what I would be like. It's so important. Uh, and then uh, if you want to listen after that, I've included um, kind of something else games at the time were, were very happy to do, which was, uh, so we have speech and video games now. Oh, yes. So you're going to get a budget narrator to come in and tell you the story of the game. So that'll take us out for the end of the show. And uh, thanks for listening. Um, VGEmpire.com. Always happy to have comments and leave feedback and stuff. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week.
peace, the ideal utopia. Once a country so peaceful and prosperous, a country where children were as free as the wind, a country where harmony blew through the hearts of all men. East, a kingdom ruled by the wisdom and charity of its six powerful priests, an empire watched over and blessed by the enchanting aura of its two beautiful goddesses. East, the seemingly tranquil paradise suddenly pulled from the height of its civilization to the empty abyss of infinite isolation. How could such a land of promise simply vanish from the face of the planet? How could such prosperity be forgotten? The legend has been silenced for over 700 years. And now, the mystery unfolds.